0: Welcome to In the News. Uh, today's guest, of, as always, is Father William Leary. Father Mary is joining us, and we thank you very much. Father, how are you?
1: Very well. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you, Crystal.
0: And I'm your host, Crystal Carmen Stevens. And today we're going to talk about, we're going to start our, our talk, firstly, by saying happy Advent to everyone. Happy Advent. Right. Great time and of the year. It is a great time of the year. Um, it's a time. For uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Father, it's a time that uh, we're supposed to make space in our
1: heart for the infant Jesus. Is that true? The time of preparation, it used to have more of a penitential in the past, kind of like a little Lent penitential mm-hmm. feel to it. And um, now the emphasis is on, on preparation. Yeah, I think that's that is correct. And why I feel at my most Old Testament tea during the year in Advent. And I just really relate to the first reading at mass and from all the prophets that many of which deal with the coming of the messiah this great hero that is going to come and make everything all right and that's that's the way they they viewed the messiah there were different theories on what he was going to be like many thought he'd be like another david and solomon and king david uh king solomon some of them saw saw the uh, messiahs very militaristic going to be militaristic as well as fervent and devout but i'm i'm back in the old testament during this time of year i'm sort of wallowing in that and, and imagining you know what it was like back then to to wait to wait all those centuries for the coming of the messiah and all the symbolism therein of their rituals so it's um it's really interesting and a great time to do bible study as well
0: so, so it's a time of it's a time of anticipation. Yes, very nice, very nice. Um, really good news. Uh, I read from Catholic News Agency is that as Catholics we are in, we are able to receive a plenary indulgence during this uh, holiday season. And that's uh,
1: praying. That in, is
0: praying in front of a nativity in a Franciscan church.
1: In a Franciscan church, so uh, I guess St. Francis of Assisi in Harrisburg. Would account for that. It's it's run by Capuchin Franciscans, It is very indeed a Franciscan parish. And it's and it's touching to see people kneeling in, in my churches as well. I have two parishes. See people kneeling and children kneeling in front of the nativity set. And yes, we get a we get a little bonus a, a plenary indulgence. That's remission of all temporal punishment due to sin, and the conditions are. Well, first of all, doing uh, the, the action prescribed in this case, praying in front of Nativity sect, going to confession, receiving communion, prayers for the Pope, our Father Hail Mary Glory Be would, would work, for the intentions of the Pope, and um, cultivating a complete detachment. This is the tough one. Complete detachment from all sin, mortal and venial. One must and be venial. And that's why the confessional, that's why the sacrament of penance is part of the, pa- the indulgence package, if I can put it that way, um, and, the, and in complete um, distancing oneself from all sin.
0: There are a lot of Catholics I, I, I have met that don't believe in indulgences.
1: Well, I'll tell you, you know, it got us into a lot of trouble in the 16th century when we were buying and selling them. And oh, my. We still have egg on our face uh, for, for that one. We don't do that anymore. Uh, and uh, you, you sure you will find the Catholics don't really understand it, don't believe it. It's a, it's it's hard to defend. I believe it. Catholic Church teaches it, so I I believe it. And we still issue indulgences. in, in this case, uh, the prayers in front of the nativity set. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, th- there are people who are skeptical about it. It is a, a, doc- a dogma, a doctrine of the faith. Yes. We're, we're required to believe and not to re- you know, reject it. Certainly, you don't have to pursue an annulment. Or, excuse me, did I say an annulment? I you did. An, <laughs> I meant an indulgence. Uh, you, you don't have to pursue an indulgence or go for it. Uh, but we are required to believe it. And just let me repeat uh, that it's the two most difficult, in my opinion. Two most difficult truths in the Catholic lexicon of truths, of doctrines and dogmas to defend, are, uh, number one, the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary, which I do believe, full force, the sinlessness of Mary, and number two, indulgences. It sounds like and looks like works righteousness to a lot of Protestants, And, and the way it was being done in the 16th century was horrible. It was done horribly uh, in order to raise funds in large measure for the construction of the new St. Peter's Basilica, the current one that's there. Can I uh, give you
0: my layperson's perspective on those sure. two things? Yeah. So you say you're in an Old Testament kind of frame of mind right now. Right. And right. the Immaculate Conception to me, I think of, when when people ask me about that, I think of the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant was very specifically made. Yes. You know, and to see it, nothing unclean could be anywhere near it. Correct. So the Virgin Mary is the New Testament in my in my layman's understanding, the New Testament's Ark of the Covenant. How Spot could on. how Spot could God on. come into the world through a vessel that is not yeah. a thousand percent pure?
1: You're right on the right on the money, right on the button. Oh, why that's one of her titles is the Ark of the Covenant. She's a whole. Yeah. List whole litany of titles for the Blessed Virgin Mary, and that's that's one of them. In the Ark of the Covenant, folks, uh, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, is a was a a sacred box in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um the first um constructed under God's instructions by Moses. Um it was a wooden box covered in gold that contained inside of it uh pieces of manna uh the and um Aaron's Aaron's staff and the original 10 commandments were inside the box. And so that's the connection with Mary. Manna was like a precursor of the Eucharist, a Mm -hmm. symbol of the Eucharist um, and the 10 commandments, the word of God. So Mary carried the word made flesh within her um, Aaron's staff. And then there were the angel statues. It was an exception to the, Hard fast rule of not making any statues. They weren't supposed to make statues, but they did um, under God's directions. Two angel statues with their wings spread out over the box that provided a kind of a seat for the invisible presence of Almighty God. Uh, that Ark of the Covenant um, was kept behind the back the back curtain of the temple. First in the in the tent, and then when they built the temple. They replicated the design of the tent into brick and mortar. And that Ark of the Covenant was behind the curtain. Nobody went back there except the high priest. And only one day out of the year, Yom Kippur, where he would go behind the curtain. Actually made a couple round trips, I think. Um, And One one of the rituals was sprinkling blood of a sacrificed animal toward uh, the Ark of the Covenant. A little bit strange, uh, but that's what they did under God's instructions nobody nobody went back there um so and the ark of the covenant has been lost according to we're not sure where where it is according to no. first or second maccabees uh, the prophet jeremiah as the babylonians were coming in to destroy the, the first temple and the land he had it sent to mount nebo supposedly that's what's in maccabees to a secret location Mm-hmm. That has never been found. Although, gotta tell you, the Ethiopians claim to have it. They do indeed. Ax in Axum. It's in a, it's in a chapel. Only one one priest guardian goes goes inside that chapel. Uh, nobody else is permitted in to, to take photographs or, or or any anything like that. There's a fence around the chapel. People pilgrims go there, but you can't go inside. And they claim to have the original Ark of the Covenant. Who knows. And the second
0: thing I wanted to give you my layman's perspective on our uh, indulgences. Okay. Uh, I I people if if you come to me and tell me why do you believe in an indulgence? It's it's silly, it's whatever. Yeah. I like to t- I like to cuz in my heart I thoroughly believe this. Even you don't have to accept it for yourself, but it is a
1: powerful
0: prayer yeah. for the dead.
1: Yes. Well, it's a uh, powerful
0: and- prayer for those in purgatory to give them your indulgence. Right.
1: That that is that is pra- precisely true. They can be applied uh, to the souls in purgatory. And um, it's not exactly forgiveness of sins. You go to confession for that, sacrament of penance. It's a removal of temporal punishment due to sin. And that's a consequence of our sins. Um, I wrote my, my master's thesis in theology was on this. And I entitled it temporal healing due to sin, a more positive a more positive view of purgatory and, and and punishment. It is kind of punishment, but it's a healing punishment. Mm-hmm. Like alcohol on a wound. Mm-hmm. You know, it stings. It burns. It, it burns, but it's healing. Our, our kids, you know, we put mercurochrome on that, on that scraped knee. They scream bloody murder. But the parent knows that this is for the... And the parent will say, this is for your good. The germs are dying. The germs are dying. So uh, in, indulgences are... Well, plenary means full, so there it's full remission of all temporal punishment due to sin. Um, I um, my opinion here is that it's, it's ultimately up to God whether or not the person quote unquote earns the indulgence. There are also there are there are also um, partial indulgences sure. and partial and and temp- temporal other plenary indulgences. Uh, works or acts or uh, uh, praying before, uh, I think it's a holy hour before the Blessed Sacrament, doing the stations of the cross. I'm not sure if it's public and or private. I'd have to... There's a handbook on indulgences, believe it or not, in it's called. The Incaridian on Indulgences is on my bookshelf and I can't locate it right now, but it's somewhere there. And uh, there there are other um, actions whereby... An anniversary
0: in a a church, I do believe, gives you uh, an indulgence.
1: Yes, I believe that's correct. And there's, there's various ways... Removal of, of the temporal punishment, first you have to go to confession yes, and then and then uh, removal of the temporal punishment great
0: Good so boxes. ladies and gentlemen in our listening area, please go visit St. Francis of Assisi in Harrisburg and pray in front of their nativity, and don't forget their poor box because they mm-hmm. do incredible work there, and yeah. they need to be supported yeah, so
1: that's true soup kitchen
0: great soup, soup kitchen every day, every day they feed. They feed the people of uh, Allison Hill and beyond every at day, least, fresh, wonderful. Other, there's
1: at least one other Franciscan church um, uh, up in the coal regions. I think it's Shimokin. Shimokin? Yeah, I believe so. So if
0: you're listening and you're near Shimokin, please go to the Franciscan church there. And also, don't forget their poor box. <laughs> yeah. Right. All right. So we're going to take a break for a moment here and we're going to come back with our second section. We kind of got off on a tangent <laughs> with indulgences, and, but uh, it's something I think is very important and I think that uh, we as Catholics don't we don't appreciate the richness of the treasures we have. So right. we'll be right Welcome back and we are back Here we go. All right, Father, this is um, this is sensitive subjects. I like to talk about now. Yeah. I'd like to talk about um, the fall of church militant is what I call uh-huh. it. The fall yeah. of church militant. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me give you a little background on what I feel about church militant. As a recent comer to the faith, um, there were a lot of places that I went to 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 get information from to get understanding from. And one oh. of them was Church Militant. I, I oh. enjoyed listening to it. It was a lot of fun. But then I realized slowly but surely that it was putting the seeds of not doubt, but outrage hmm. into my brain. Right. I see. And um, I remember watching an old episode of uh, Bishop Sheen. Yes. Where he talks about um, just holding your chariot in the middle of the road. There's scandal before, there's going to be scandal after. Just keep your chariot in the middle of the road. Uh And uh, I don't know, tell me how you feel about this, but I feel like there are media outlets out there like Church Militant that like to inflame and scandalize and, uh, you know, honestly rob people of their faith. What do you think about that, sir?
1: Yeah, that's that's a good position. I was never uh, really favorable towards church militant i mean I'm, I'm all in favor of defending the faith they would do it with an edge though yeah. uh like putting uh drawing uh devil horns yeah. on church leaders if you know they the church leaders were teaching or doing something incorrectly and you know it was uh it's kind of snide and c- cynical uh and edgy uh i'll issue full disclosure here i uh I like uh life site news. Some people don't like life site news. I do. Um, I think they're appropriate. I think their their tone is for the most part appropriate. And and I and I and I get some content for this radio show uh, in part from Life site News. But Doc, uh, well certainly we'll pray for Michael Voris. You're correct. You know, the scandals have been we've just come through some terrible stretch of scandals uh with the bankruptcy uh, of the diocese, which we're now f- we o- over with now thanks be to god we thanks be to god thanks be to god we and we do pray for the victims uh the survivors of 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 sexual abuse and we are being the church is being much more vigilant on that uh with this with michael michael voris uh there have been f- financial apparently allegedly uh irregularities and by his own admission uh he said he's he's fallen back into some of his own personal, um, immoral personal activities, apparently. Yeah. And hey, you know it happens. We are, we are human. God, God is always ready to forgive. I don't know what the future of of church militant is now. Um, I don't know. Think I don't know if anybody knows. Um, but um, there are plenty of platforms, as you well know. I mean, in part of your process, conversion process, you were, you you were. Going around around the block in a good sense. Going around the block at different uh, different platforms. There's some great stuff out there. There's great stuff out there. So, so you don't have to resort to something uh, like Church Militant. Actually, I got another full disclosure. I have a couple in my parish that is the diocesan representative for the, for Church Militant. Cool. They've been appointed as uh, as the um, well the representative the li- li- liaison. And um, I know they're uh, beating the drum about another uh, semi-scandal, and that's the Campaign for Human Development. Uh, that is a a national collection. It's one of the, one of your it's one of the uh, collection envelopes you get. Uh, well, not in this diocese. Bishop Rhodes got us out of it. Mm-hmm. What is um, it? It's for- a um, funding source. It's a Catholic funding source. You send money to. A campaign for human development and campaign for human development then sends that money out to other organizations that that promote you know human, human development, development anti-poverty social justice and uh apparently um there's been some questions the lepanto institute which is another Catholic, like a Catholic think tank or, or lobbying group of some sort, has done some investigations in, in some of the recipients and uh, the, some of the organizations that receive campaign for human development funding. Uh, that they're a question. That, that their activities are questionable. They they might be uh, sort of woke and pro LGBTQ, pro transgenderism. Those are the allegations, anyway. So and this gets awkward because, well, first of all, Bishop. Rhodes, uh, for, for those reasons, that was being talked about all the way back then, oh, when wow. Rhodes was in office here. And he got the Diocese of Harrisburg out of Campaign for unit Development in favor of Matthew 25. That's the that's the envelope you get now in your packet of envelopes, uh, Matthew 25. And that's similar, but it and I, I think the money just goes to organizations in the Diocese of Harrisburg, I believe. I think I'm correct on that. Anti-poverty groups. Doesn't have, they don't have to be... I, I, well, Campaign for Human Development, they don't have to be Catholic groups. They'll send secular groups, and therein can can lie on the problem. Sure, sure. Secular groups might have values that are inimical to our Catholic values, uh, but Bishop, uh, Bishop Timothy Sr. Is, on, is chairperson of the subcommittee for Campaign for Human Development on the uh, United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, so this, this gets a little awkward um and um i I don't I don't know he has vigorously come out in a press conference Bishop senior has mm-hmm. defending campaign for unit development I, I don't know if he's going to get us back into that i I don't know um but he says that the um without going into he didn't he did not go into detail but he he says you know has been checked uh things have been checked all the, the recipients the organizations have been checked out and it's okay so um, we must trust. Yeah. Well, and, and it all comes into uh, what we were saying about scandal. Uh, that we we are a human organization t- tainted by sin. As Catholic, you know, Catholic Church is certainly divine, transcendent, mystical, mystical body of Christ. Uh, but it's got the the, the human element. Uh, there will always. Our Lord said there will always be scandals. There, but there I think be.
0: Catholics have to remember also. You know. That the gates of hell will not prevail. The gates of hell will not prevail.
1: Upon this rock, I will build my church. One of my favorite, of course, one yeah. of my favorite scripture passages. That's one of the first ones I memorized, even as an adolescent. So, um, no
0: matter what goes on politically in the church, we can't forget what Jesus said.
1: Exactly right.
0: And that, that segue, I'm going to go and I'm going to I'm going to say, um, my condolences to the. Uh, People of the of Tyler, Texas, uh, from oh, yeah. afar, Bishop Strickland looked like a really
1: very good role model. Um, yeah, uh, we were we we're all sort of saddened by this, um, and uh, he's been um, all, not only removed from the office of bishop, but the current bishop or administrator has said he's not allowed to say mass with within the Tyler Dio- diocese of Tyler. Um, Not allowed the same ass. So gotten real mixed feelings about this. I know he was very strongly anti-vaccine. I, I never was. Some are. Yeah. I, I, I've met some. And, and a lot of times the- Full Michael- disclosure here. I was never anti-vaccine. <laughs> Full I, disclosure. I, I, I never was. Uh, but he was. And a lot of people thought, well, there was that connection, very dotted line, uh, very vague connection to abortion. Um and, but um United States Council of Catholic Bishops and actually Bishop Kevin Rhodes, who chairs the doctrine department mm-hmm. of the United States conference of Catholic Bishops came with a statement on that, that it was sufficiently at least uh, there was one, I forget the names of the Confizer, Moderna. Um, uh, there, there was one that was morally preferable uh, that had no connection at all. With I thought
0: abortion. the MRNs were not made from that.
1: Something like something oh, like yes. that. My, yes. my science is not that good
0: on the, on this. Particular like I remember, in like the Johnson and Johnson was on the no-go yes. list.
1: Okay, that's right. I believe you're. I believe you're correct. Yeah, it was too closely connected with uh, abortion. But the other other ones yes. are they were permissible permissible companies that were okay. I remember Bishop uh, Rhodes being instrumental in that. But there are there are those who just reject all vaccines, either for moral purposes or because they they think it's detrimental. To one's health and um you know i never, I never agreed uh, with that so but with uh, back to um uh, tyler texas uh we're you know we're sorry about that i i hope um that gets resolved in in some way um i i really hope he, he's he's reinstated yeah. um and but there are there are people who disagree with me on totally. that he does and- have,
0: have have a brand spanking new youtube channel Oh, really? Yeah. So if you're looking oh. for Bishop Strickland, just go search YouTube. He's got a brand spanking new channel. I think it opened within the last like two or three days.
1: Yes. Well, I'll check that out. Thanks for the information on that.
0: No problem. No problem. Um, I also want to, here's another layman's take on what's going on. You're in an Old Testament kind of mood. And let's talk about the book of Judges for a second here. Okay. Um, it's my layman's opinion that we get the leadership that we deserve. Yeah. Well, and that's what I learned from the book of Judges. Right. You know, so all of us who have discontent with our leadership, with what's going on in the church, maybe we need to look to ourselves.
1: Uh, yeah, could be. Yeah. Look, look in the mirror. Or maybe a more positive way of putting it is be, you know, it's kind of trite and hackneyed, but something to it. Be the change that you want to see in the world. Exactly. Be that exactly. change, exactly. part of that, that I- improvement. And it's so important that we pray very deeply and very strongly for Holy Mother Church. Yes. For her for, for her protection and for society yeah. in general, United States of America. Yes. And, oh, my goodness gracious, what's going on in the Middle East and the. Uh, Lord and have mercy on those poor U- people. Ukraine, uh, interminable. And, and it doesn't seem, in either case, doesn't seem to be much of an end in sight. But God works miracles.
0: God works miracles. And I think it starts with each and every one of us. Yeah. Maybe we should stop focusing so far out and seeing everything that's wrong. Focus on what's good and try to make the good in ourselves better. Precisely. Yeah.
1: I'd like to segue to something now. It might seem kind of negative, but in a way it's positive. And it's this, the Pope is announcing his funeral plans and uh, I think that's a good thing. I just, quite frankly, I just got done revising <laughs> my last will and testament. And I've got some more documents to get into the to the diocese. Um, you know, we are asked to do that by, by the diocese. I've picked out my grave spot. It'll be right next to my parents in a <laughs> Protestant cemetery, which we're allowed to do, yes, um, and um, the Pope has picked out his spot, and it's going to be not at the Vatican. last several hundred years, um, the Pope's... have, have 20 have
0: seconds, Father.
1: ...been buried at the Vatican. He's going to be ba- buried at St. Mary Major's Church, another big, beautiful basilica, not as big as St. Peter, uh, right near the Salus Populi Romani icon. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: And let's just say it makes it really easy for those who are left when they know what you want. On that yep. note, thank you for listening to In the News. We appreciate you. We love you. Father Weary, thank you so much.
1: Welcome. Do you want to lead us out with a prayer for our listeners? Lord God, Heavenly Father, grant us a really great advent. May we continue our, our journey to the Christmas celebration to come. And may Almighty God bless us all in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you and have a wonderful advent.